Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I've been thinking a lot over the last three or four weeks about these thoughts that God creates seasons and we activate moments. God has always created seasons and as you identify what season you're in, you know how to respond. But it's often only when you look back that you realize what season you were in. And so now I'm learning to go, God, what season am I in so I know how to respond, how to activate the right kind of moment. And there are seasons, there are moments, and then there are what I call supernatural shifts. And tonight I pray that this is somewhat prophetic because I believe that God is wanting to take this incredible church and cause it to understand some things that maybe you didn't see before. For, for us at life, as some of you know a little bit of our story, it's kind of like God's taken us on incredible journeys. We're 28 years old. In the last four years, we've seen a supernatural shift like we've never seen in the history But it came about because God basically tapped me on the shoulder and said, Paul, you always felt inadequate. You always felt like what I asked you to do, you couldn't do, but you always said yes. And so therefore on your yes, you've stepped in and you've taken a hold of the steering wheel and you've gone where I've asked you to go because you just say yes. But right now, I want you to let go of the steering wheel. And I want to take the direction. And I want you to see that on the other side of your obedience, there is a supernatural shift that comes into play that is going to be demonstrated in ways that you could have never manufactured. And so when we look back at our church over these last four years, I mean, I was recounting to Tim, who's driving us, that we had one 18-month period where the things we sold, the buildings and businesses we sold and the ones we bought, we exchanged more than $98 million. And it's not about the number, but it was just like God was saying, all of this was in the formation of the things you went through. And because you keep saying, yes, you've released me to do something powerful and something amazing. And, you know, we could look at what is here tonight and what God has done over the years, but God says all of it has been a season that's preparing for another season that has another season and, and, and seasons alone are not enough. We have a God that wants to bring His wind and His lean and His power and His authority. But God creates the seasons, yet we've got to activate the moments. And here we are 25 years into it, and it's like God's going, you want to see what I can do? You want to see what I can achieve? And as I look back over our recent seasons, one of the things I've discovered is You don't have a major supernatural breakthrough, a major triumph without a major test. And so we can come to God and we can say, God, would you move in my family? God, would you bring a breakthrough in that area as a church here in South Australia, here in Adelaide? It's like, God, we want to see your kingdom advance. And God says, I want to see that, but I'm going to test you to see if you're ready for that. I think there are a lot of Christians, if this would be my view, that God's called them, but when the test surfaced, 
they backed off. And the thing is, I learned at school, if you don't pass the test, you've got to reset the exam. You've got to go back around the same mountain. And I'm tonight standing sort of one arm's length away from victory and going, wow, I, I've seen some of the seasons and I've seen how you've activated the moments. And I'm here to say, I believe there's a supernatural shift that God is going to bring and God is preparing for. And it's always the moment before the dawn that there's the greatest challenge to go to sleep. I used to work night shift and it was always the hour before the sun rose that everything was fighting for you to give up and to let go. Like any parent, they would do the same. I want to entrust more to you, but I want to make sure that you are trustworthy with what you currently have. And so God is looking for a generation of people that are going to go, we're not going to park. This is not about our security and about our safety and what we like. You know, people come and go because I say most people in churches, unfortunately, are there for what the vision brings to them. Not for what does the Father want from us. And so over the years to see a couple like this and the team that have stood the tests on the other side of the test is a major triumph. And we're seeing that in New Zealand. We're seeing multiplied things happen. Like God says to Noah, would you build me an ark? Most of us go, wow, we just got a prophetic word. We're going to have another baby or something like that. God is saying, build me an ark. And you go, hey, did you hear that somebody prophesied over me on Sunday? You don't forget that the test was something like 120 years. Everybody else had given up. Everyone else was pointing the finger and questioning. But finally, the ark floated and became the vehicle through which God moved. And I just like to encourage everyone. God wants to take us to new levels, but he's going to put a test before us. And he's going to see whether we will live out that test. God took us to a building in New Zealand and we were looking for a school hall to start a new campus. And we had no money, so that's all we could do. Couldn't find the school hall. Some of you know the story. I remember one time in my prayer moment, I said, God, if you want us to lease a building, maybe we could do that, but we can't pay for it. And God took us to a property. It was 15 acres. Long story short, we felt God say, buy it. it wasn't even in the location we thought was best. It was too big. But 15 acres, we leased for three years and then bought it. The total cost to do it up and make it usable was $17 million. I can't explain how we were able not to be still being able to live and not be in jail, but we just said yes. And we're still saying yes. You know, for 11 years, we had a building that was too big and we had no money to grow the church. But we knew that God had said do it. And that for us was a test that I look back on and God says, I'm going to see if you're going to be obedient when you don't understand. So you're not going to become enamored when I give you what I promised. And the supernatural, and I just want to encourage you, if you've been through a test or going through a test right now, remember, pass the test. A test precedes a major supernatural. A lot of people come up to me and say, love the vision, pastor. I say, yeah, what about in the tough times? Come on, there's going to be a test. You can't grow a great family unless you go through the test. You don't run and hide. You keep your heart, keep your root systems down. Second thing that I've learned over the last four years is what God births in your spirit, you cannot accommodate in your soul. 
In other words, when God gives you something in your spirit, man, you can't afford for it to lodge in your soul because you won't be able to cope with the pressure. Is this making sense to somebody? It's like God says, I want to use you. And you go, well, God, I don't feel capable. I'm calling you. I'm going to do something, Paul. We're going to see this happen. We're going to see a church in New Zealand that puts $20 million worth of community impact into operation every year. And so when we took that step for that $17 million property, people say, how did you survive 11 years where it didn't make sense? I said, because I didn't allow it to step out of my spirit into my soul, into my emotions. I began to say, no, God, you said this, so we're just going to stay true. If Noah could wait 120 years, we're just going to keep on going. And you know what? That became the catalyst to get us in a position where we've been able to build three brand new campuses in four years. And it's like God says, see, if you, if you understand the season you're in, if you activate the moment that you're entrusted to activate, then you're going to see a supernatural shift. And I'm here to tell you that Victory is not the kind of church that is just going to turn up and have a nice Sunday and make everybody comfortable. It's a church that's called to make a difference. And so it needs people that are prepared to grow with the things of God and to have the difference made in their own lives. And we can't afford to allow our soul to determine what God's asked us to carry. And we need to encourage each other because we're in a world that's changing so quickly. We don't need to be known for what we're against, but we need to build what we're for. We need to have an alternative in society that, come on, is full of God's love, but it has an example. And I just want to encourage you that everybody that's here tonight that's been a part of the victory journey, you've been a part of one of those seasons. And you've created moments. And forevermore, no matter how it happened or what, the end result was eternity will echo the wonder of people that took their moment in their season. And I often say to people, we, we, we get so enamored that you know, everybody's going to be there all the time. I realize now that that's not the case. There are seasons for people. But in those seasons, God is asking everybody to activate their moment. And as we activate the moment, it's like, will you buy the building? Will you buy the property, 15 acres? God, if you want us to do it, we'll do it. We don't know how. So we did it. And as I said, for 11 years, we literally didn't have a cent to pour into doing the things we wanted to do. And it's like, God, don't understand it, but I know you want it. I remember saying to the church one day, I feel like God is saying in the next four years, which will be 2020, we're going to pay off the debt. I don't know how it's going to happen. And two months later, we got a phone call and it was somebody that says, we've got this property in South Auckland, same area as this big piece of land that we'd built and kept for 11 years. And we just feel like you could be somebody that could use it. It was a Hoyts complex with eight theatres. And I was talking, we were talking to the offer of looking at the property and I literally, it wasn't audible, but it was like God was saying, now you'll see because you passed the test. And it became the catalyst for us to pay off all of our debt and now build three complete new buildings and again, in New Zealand and in Auckland, to see what God is doing, it's becoming an echo in the community as to what this place is. How can it be a church? Look at what's happening. I believe that same anointing's here. And I just want to encourage you, and I want to encourage your pastors, that let's always remember that there is a major test that precedes a major breakthrough. You don't just walk in out of an altar call into the next level. You're prepared in that moment for where God wants to take you 
And he's going to strengthen you so that you don't get enamored. If you can't trust him with nothing, you'll never be entrusted with everything. And God is looking for channels. And as I said, if you're at a place where God's put something in your heart, don't allow your soul to interfere. You take it out of your spirit to make some practical God-based decisions, but you don't let it lay in your soul at nighttime. You put it back to where God, I can't work it all out, but God said it. And one day we're going to see what he said. The other thing that I've learned or a couple of other things is we already carry the seeds that awaken tomorrow's harvest. I think there's a lot of churches, a lot of leaders go, if we only had that, if we only had that, if that only happened, then it'll happen. I've come to realize the seeds for what God wants to do tomorrow, we already have. And we need to start speaking to those seeds. We've got to start believing that South Australia could lead a nation. Not to be competitive, but we could see God's grace begin to move powerfully. We could see that the seeds of God's bigness. And uh, I've come to this point that we need more than vision. We've got to believe in the seeds that we currently hold. And we begin to activate those seeds. And I'm believing that New Zealand will become one of the most generous nations in the world. And yet we began with such a poverty spirit. But God is taking hold of seeds today. And uh, 25 years on, I suppose my question to each one of you is, you know, you can call victory home, but let's make it home. You can say, hey, this is a great church to be a part of. You can say, this is me. And we're going to make something of what God has given us and take it to new levels. And as a pastor, I would say, who's up for it? Who's up for 25 years? Come on on, that we've got a foundation to stand on. We've got good things. And you say, yeah, but it hasn't been perfect. Well, you're not perfect. Your family's not perfect. I often think people are so judgmental about the church. They go, well, look, all of these problems. You have problems. There's only two of you in your marriage. We're building a family with thousands. Yeah, but why do people do that? Because they're people just like you. Why do you do what you do? Come on. So let's believe. Come on, God's creating seasons. We're activating moments. And then in our obedience, and this is where I really want to land tonight, it's our obedience, the completion of our obedience that unlocks God's I will. You know the story of Abraham. Abraham and Sarah crying out to God for a, a baby. God turns up one day and says, I'm going to give you a son, but the son never comes. The son never comes. It's not just one month. It's not just one year. It's not one decade. The son never comes. They try in their own strength to manufacture the promise that God had given them, but they hadn't passed the test yet. Year after year went on till finally we know the story. Sarah falls pregnant, has Isaac. Isaac is now a young lad. God comes to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham says, here I am. And God says, I want you to take your son now, the most precious. The thing that you've believed for your whole life, the thing that you cried out for and it didn't come, then finally it came. I want you to take your son and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. There in the land of Moriah, on a mountain that I shall tell you. And you know what Abraham does? He doesn't negotiate. We sang that tonight. He doesn't say, yeah, but what about all of this stuff? He says, all right, let's go. Gets two other servants and Isaac, 
early in the morning, next morning, they get up, no negotiation. I'm sure his heart was ripped out. It's like, God, what are you doing? Where are you taking us? What's going on? And then finally he goes, he builds an altar and Isaac's saying, you got the wood, Dad, you got the fire, where's the lamb? You know what he says? God will provide for himself. I want you to know this tonight. Victory is not a man-made idea. Come on, this is a God-birthed initiative that has seasons and moments and we can unlock supernatural shifts. And so he goes up and he lays Isaac on. I'm sure Isaac wasn't saying, oh, this is cool, Dad. It's like, Dad, you've lost your marbles. What are you doing? He lifts up the knife to slay his son. You know what he had in his spirit? He says, I've learned that God can be trusted. Because the baby didn't come for a long time, but when the baby was promised, it came. He even said to the two young men, you stay here, we're going up and we will come back to worship. He said, even if I slay my son, I can trust God enough to raise him up and bring him back with me. And then he's about to slay. It's not like he was pretending, he was about. And then the angel of the Lord called a second time. Most people never get a second call because they never pass the test. And hear what God says. Now I know. God with all his foreknowledge. God who knows everything. Still needed to see that he would completely be obedient before the breakthrough of a blessing that would go generational, would come through his life. Then I love these words, he says, Abraham, because you have done this thing, I will. Because you have completely been obedient, I will. Obedience unlocks the I will of God. And I want to encourage church, 25 years, it's amazing. But I'm prophesying there's a supernatural shift that's coming because you've got obedient leaders that are leaning into God, learning as they go. And I encourage every Christian that's hearing me tonight, same challenge. You say, God, I need a breakthrough. God says, I'm ready. But you need to activate what you need to activate. You need to pass the test that's before you. Because you can't have a new level of triumph without the passing of a new level of test. When you can trust me with nothing, I can entrust you everything. Because you won't become enamored with it. Because you can lay your son, listen to this, now, blessing, I'll bless you. Multiplying, I'll multiply you like the sand that is on the seashore and the stars of the heaven. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now I know because you have, I will. I'm praying the Victory Church will be known as not just a few leaders that go whatever, whenever, wherever, but it'll be a generation of people that go whatever God says, whatever test is put in front of us. We've got the seeds that unlock tomorrow's harvest We've got the ability to stand in the assurance of who God is. And I love that thought, that completed obedience. Whatever that is for you is what unlocks the I will of God. I believe in our country, in New Zealand, that we're beginning to see 
the wonder of God moving so powerfully. You know, it's an interesting thought, that whole story. So Abraham is about to slay his son. He gets the sound of heaven and then he looks behind him, discovers there's a ram in the thicket. You never see the provision until you've completed your obedience. You'll see partial provision, but until you've completely been obedient, God begins to unlock for you the promise that he originally gave you. So it may be right now you're in a season personally where you go, wow, I just don't know why it hasn't happened yet. God says, pass the test, stay obedient, see the seed, never get up, don't get cynical, don't run away. Make sure because you have, I will. And I believe that God's going to do extraordinary supernatural things. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 